Welcome to Go and Make from the Archdiocese of St. Louis, equipping you to live the great commission of Jesus Christ to go and make disciples of all nations. This week's episode of Go and Make is going to be a little bit different. I want to introduce you guys to a guy by the name of Curtis Martin, and he's not going to be here in studio. He was with us last week for an event called Seek First. Seek First was a preview of the upcoming Seek Conference that's going to be here in St. Louis in January of 2024. And Curtis gave us just a really great message about evangelization, about why people should come to the Seek Conference. And really at the heart of his message, he was talking about this idea of an encounter with Christ. You know, in our evangelization paradigm here in the Archdiocese, as we try to teach evangelization, try to think about evangelization, we're using this concept, this model of building out a path of discipleship, right? And we talked about this a little bit in episode one. If you didn't hear it, go back and listen to episode one. It'd be, it's, a, it's a great listen, I promise. And in that, we talk about what does this path of discipleship look like? And it goes all the way from pre-evangelization. So how do we just build natural human relationships with people? How do we build trust? How do we encourage curiosity, openness, seeking? And all of that, all that pre-evangelization leads towards a moment, a moment of conversion. And that moment of conversion usually happens through an encounter with Christ. So this Seek conference that we have coming up in January is really a unique opportunity to help people have that encounter with Christ. On Wednesday night at the Seek conference, anyone from St. Louis can come down for free. We're going to have thousands and thousands of people from St. Louis there extra that night on top of the twenty to 25,000 people we're going to be attending the conference otherwise. And it's going to be amazing and it's going to be powerful. And in his talk, Curtis talks about these iconic moments in life. He talks about spending time with his sons and, and taking them away for some one-on-one -on -one time. And, you know, as parents, we spend so much time investing in our kids. We spend so much time trying to do the day in, the day out, the hard work that comes with being a good parent. And some of those things will be forgotten. But when you step out of the ordinary and into what these iconic moments are, where you take a kid away for a couple of days on a one-on-one -on -one camping trip or spend that extra special time or do the extra special thing, those are memorable moments. And this adoration at the Seek conference coming up is going to be an iconic moment, a moment that you can remember forever and really a grace that you can remember in your own spiritual life forever too. You know, these encounters are really important. You know, we do the hard work of day in, day out, building relationships with people. We have the Mass. We have the Eucharist. We have all these great things going on at our parishes that we can invite people to. But sometimes it's not until people step out of their ordinary day-to-day -day life where they can ask those bigger questions, where they have the space to wrestle with who am I? Who is God? Why am I here? What is going on in life? And really, what is God trying to say to me at this moment? And when we create spaces for those questions, it creates spaces and opportunities for people to respond, right? Evangelization is all about offering this free response in faith to God's beautiful invitation to each one of us. I remember my own conversion. It was January 1999 down in the same spot where this Seek conference is going to be. Okay, well, just down the road, I was at the Scott Trade Center, the Enterprise Center. What was it? Keel Center back then. It's hard to keep track of all the names. And it was when John Paul II came to St. Louis in 1999. I was a freshman in high school. 
and I stepped out of my ordinary everyday life and I had this powerful moment where I realized I was missing something, where I saw all these people around me, all these young people who were praying, who were uh, excited to be there to see the Pope, who, who had this authentic joy that I knew I didn't have in my life. I was going down a different path. I was getting in with some kids who were maybe a little more wild or a little more in the party crowd. And I remember being there in that moment and being just overwhelmed and overcome by the presence of God. Not by the music, not by the lights, not by just the show that was going on alongside the Pope being there. By an overwhelming presence of God that John Paul II brought with him into that arena. I had been to that arena before for hockey games. I had been to that arena before for sporting events, other stuff, concerts, whatever. Nothing was the same as the energy is when Pope John Paul II came into the room. He brought with him the Holy Spirit. It was an iconic moment. I can think back to other experiences in my life of iconic moments of graces that God gave me where we were able to step out of the ordinary and lean into God's presence in a unique and a real way, a real encounter, a real meeting with Jesus Christ. And I think in ordinary parish life, in ordinary evangelization, sometimes it can be really hard to have those kind of moments. We have retreats where people can step away, but it takes a lot of work and a lot of effort to put on those types of events, those types of retreats. So I'm really excited that we have this phenomenal opportunity here right in our backyard in January. The Sikh Conference, 20,000 people from all around the country who are going to be here in St. Louis. And all you have to do is show up. All you have to do is say yes. There's a track all week you can sign up for as a parishioner called the Making Missionary Disciples track. It's three intensive days of training, of equipping, of, of how to give your testimony, how to tell your story, how to ask good questions of people in uh, your life as you're trying to evangelize them and bring them to know Jesus Christ. And we have phenomenal discounts offered for people on that. They're called parish packs. If you go to archstl.org, Slash seek. We have great information for you on these parish packs and how you can bring a group of people from your parish to be equipped for mission at the Seek Conference. But if nothing else, if you do nothing else, come for Wednesday night. Come for this iconic moment. Come to meet Jesus face to face. And don't come alone. Maybe there's someone in your parish that you've been journeying with, someone you've been investing time and energy and a relationship into, someone who's just actually your friend but you want them to take that next step of their faith, the next step in their relationship with Jesus. Seek Conference is the perfect place to do that. So again, without going on for too long here, I'm so excited for you guys to hear this talk from Curtis Martin. It's about 15 minutes long, talking about what is evangelization, how do we get involved in people's lives, and how can we invite people to this conference here in January, but ultimately to give them the greatest gift, the gift of Jesus Christ, the gift of faith. Hope you enjoy. What a delight to be with you all. What I'd like to do is just share a couple of stories uh, and then an invitation. You've heard the invitation already, but what I'd like to talk about is the, the impact. I thought the Archbishop stated it so well. Each person's life is a drama, and I'd like to just share one of those. And then I'd like to share, try to hopefully encourage you uh, through a, a brief story on, on how to put yourself out there without a lot of risk. But let me tell you, first of all, about my own life. So I, as, as Steve mentioned, I, I uh, was able to start focus with some, uh, just a handful of people. But before that, I had been raised Catholic. And like many of the young people in St. Louis, not that young anymore, 
uh, I had drifted away from the faith, as many have around the country, millions and millions. And I was away at college, and I met actually some evangelical Christians, and I didn't know what evangelical Christianity was at the time, but they were believers, and they helped me to rediscover my faith. And uh, they were sharp, they were impressive, and they taught me how to read the Bible and how to pray, gave me a heart for God and a heart for people. I had always loved God, I just didn't know how to love Him in a practical way as a young adult. And so uh, I, I was eager to do everything I could to work with this group and learn more and learn more. And so I, I was trying to do anything they'd asked me to do so that they would invite me to do more. And, and, and I would, could continue to grow in my understanding and training. And so I was very excited as I got into line to register for my senior year of college. And I was walking through registration and there was Mike. Mike was the head of Campus Crusade for Christ at Louisiana State University. And Mike walked up to me and said, hey, Curtis. I said, hey, Mike, how are you? And he goes, We've been praying about it, and we'd love for you to step into senior leadership your last year here in college. I said, well, Mike, that's a, really in many ways an answer to prayer. It's a tremendous honor. But this last summer, I was leading a Bible study back in my home with the very tools that you taught me in Campus Crusade for Christ, and I realized God was calling me back to the Catholic Church. So I'm not going to be involved with Campus Crusade for Christ this year. Mike looked at me and went, huh. And he turned around and walked away. And I didn't talk to Mike for 39 and a half years. I tried, reached out, had his email, wouldn't respond. Good Friday this past year, Good Friday, I get a text from my good friend Scott Hahn who says, do you know Mike Metzger? And I said, yeah, I know Mike. He was the head of Campus Crusade for Christ when I was at LSU. He goes, well, Mike's coming into church tomorrow night and he wants to talk to you. <laughs> I've been talking to Mike every week since then. And he tells me I've never been more excited about my Christian faith than I am as a Roman Catholic. What I realized, in part, as an evangelical, committed evangelical for, for decades, was my love of God, my trust in Jesus Christ, my hunger to see people's lives set right. But I didn't have a home until I came home this Easter. And I believe that's happening all over the world. Mike himself has already led people back to the church. He's been a Catholic for just a few months. In fact, his daughter was watching him have a conversion, she jumped ahead of him and joined the church a year ago and was his sponsor into the church this year. But he's been talking to people about how great it is to be Catholic. And, and that leads me to the second story. Uh, I think sometimes it can be very intimidating to be asked to evangelize. I mean, first of all, it's a, it's a big word. It almost sounds Greek, because it is. <laughs> It means to share good news in Greek and, and to be able to understand. So, so let's, let's break that down just a little bit. Imagine Jesus is what we're going to talk about. For just a moment, let's not talk about Jesus. Let's talk about Italian food. Imagine you found this great Italian restaurant. And it was amazing. The ambiance was extraordinary. You tried multiple dishes with your spouse. It's spectacular. The pricing is good. It's, it's, in a, it's a beautiful setting, and uh, you're like, oh my goodness, I would love to go back and tell Jim and Sally who live across the street, they're dear friends of ours, I would love to tell them about this Italian restaurant, but, but I, I have never been trained in how to share good news about Italian restaurants. I have never been to a workshop on how to share good news about Italian restaurants. Um, I don't have a workbook. I, I, I don't have a master's degree. I just, we can't tell Jim and Sally about the Italian restaurant. We're not qualified. So what I'll do is my wife and I will go every week 
to the Italian restaurant. We'll never say a word to Jim and Sally, but I'm sure they'll figure it out. <laughs> Do you know how long it's going to take Jim and Sally to figure it out? They will never figure it out. You actually have to tell them about the restaurant. That's what I'd like to invite you to do. I think we have an opportunity in January with you all to invite your friends or your neighbors, Catholic, non-Catholic, Christian, non-Christian, to come and experience good news. Like Mike, who 39 and a half years ago, now 40 years ago, was not interested in talking about Catholicism, he's now very interested. Because whatever's going on in their lives, their desire for joy and hope and right relationships. Every person on earth is dealing with this. And here's a lie that is very much alive within the church about the world. We think everybody out there is happy. And they're miserable. Let's be honest, we're not that happy inside the church. Right? This life can be challenging. But when you're outside the church, when you're away from a relationship with Jesus Christ, you are, as St. Paul says, without hope. I can go through a bad day if I know it's going to get better. Whether it's next week or in the next life, I know that the hunger inside of me for truth and goodness and beauty isn't just a, a notion. That hunger for truth and goodness and beauty is a person. It's the person of Jesus Christ. And what we'll be able to do together in January is to be able to encourage each other, but also to invite your friends so we talked about the track, Making Missionary Disciples, and I actually have a book. I don't get to say this very often, but I actually wrote the book on Making Missionary Disciples. It's right here. And there's just, a, I don't have a whole lot. I've got a, maybe a couple dozen, and they're there as gifts. First come, first serve. Don't knock each other over. I like to point out to the men, this is a very short book. <laughs> and then a little bit of discouragement. There are no pictures. I'm sorry, but, there, but it's a really short book. And, because this is a really simple task to tell your friends about the Italian restaurant. Just to say, hey, here's the simplest way to evangelize. Hey, you want to come someplace with us? Maybe just for an evening. The, the best time to come is, is Wednesday night. You're welcome all week, but we'd encourage you to come at least Wednesday and to bring friends. Because this is the difference between focus and the conference, the seat conference, and maybe the retreats and conferences as the Archbishop stated. There's a difference, but it, it it's, it, it's not at the surface, it's deep down. And, and, and this is what we're trying to do. It looks like a conference at the surface, but it isn't. It's what I would call an iconic event. As a father of nine, I don't have time to spend hours and hours and hours with each child every day. Heck, let's be honest, if you're a father of one or two, you don't have that kind of time. So what I tried to do is to spend quality time, but in the midst of the quality time, what I try to go for are iconic moments. So I've taken my sons and my daughter as they've come of age. I've taken them away just one-on-one, -on -one, and we've gone away for four or five days to go scuba diving in amazing places and just have great conversations, just the two of us, right as they're coming of age. Now, they're not going to remember every week of that year of their life. They're not going to remember every year of their life equally. They will remember those four or five days for the rest of their lives, just as I remember days, just a handful of days going camping with just my dad. Iconic moments that you just simply can't forget. That's what we're trying to facilitate and what God has been granting us for 25 years. We started Focus with a Focus Conference. 20 students on the coldest night of my life. The men's uh, dorm space didn't have heating. Ted Sri, who was featured in the video, didn't tell me I needed to bring a sleeping bag. I froze that night. 
The women had heating, but uh, they fixed it the second night for us. But it was, it was pretty brutal. But it's 20 people. And every year we've gathered back 20 and then 50 and then 120. Last year, the regular conference, 17,000. Coming out of COVID. Coming out of COVID. Uh, thanks to you all, the parishioners of the Archdiocese, 19,000 on Wednesday night to be able to be there to see what's going on. And I agree with Kelly. I mean, I, when I, my invitation to you if, you, if you come, no, when you come, and you're at Mass, don't look back during the procession. Because you're going to be so tempted to go, oh my goodness, how many priests are there? Just, just keep watching them. And it'll give you hope for the future. Because there's hundreds of them, hundreds of them. And following them will be bishops, before them will be seminarians. And it's just one iconic moment to sit back and say, oh my goodness, to look around and see religious Men and women are religious. Many of them older, many of them very, very, very young. How great it is to see the church. I've heard it said, this is the way the church should look all the time. And it is the way that it looks to God all the time. Vibrant, alive. But at the heart of making missionary disciples, as Steve hinted, is, is a, 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 an imitation of Jesus on something that's really, really fundamental. He's the Savior of the world. Not just all the world, that would be a big job, but all the world through all of history, going all the way back to Adam and Eve and all the way until the second coming. He's the Savior of all the world, which is a big job. I think it's probably the biggest job in the history of the world. Savior of the world, history of the world. And his strategy of how to do it's kind of crazy, right? I don't have my Bible with me. It's in my bag in the other room, but I don't have it in my hand. But if you, if you read the Bible, we get into trouble in Genesis chapter 3. That's the second page of a very long book. Genesis chapter 3. And Jesus is content. The eternal Son of God is content to watch for generations and generations and generations. Yeah, he sends prophets to tell, hey, I'm going to come. It's going to be amazing. But generations and generations, thousands of years, lots of time. And then finally, St. Paul tells us in the fullness of time, He's born of a woman. And even then his strategy is kind of crazy, right? Big job. Jesus is 30 years old, living at home. <laughs> I got nine kids. None of them are living at home at 30. No way. They can come back. I always tell you, you can come back. But after six months, you're paying rent. They, uh, but, oh my goodness, you're the savior of the world. What are you doing? Why don't you get on with it? And I think if you asked him that question, he'd probably say, have you noticed what I'm doing? I've been sharing life with the Blessed Virgin Mary and St. Joseph. Humanity hasn't had it this good since the garden. What do you mean get on with it? I have been getting on with it since my conception. This is amazing. And then at a certain moment, Mary at the wedding feast of Cana will say, they're out of wine, and he will say, oh, so now you want this whole thing to start. Okay, and his public ministry starts. And this amazing intimacy that was there for 30 years between Jesus and Mary, which is there for all of eternity, for, for the next three years, will be wildly distracted by many, many thousands of other people. But what did he do? This is the, the, another crazy piece of it. He finds 12 men. He's trying to reach the whole world. He finds 12 men. They're all from Galilee. This is a little neighborhood, a little section around the sea in, in, in the Holy Land, Nobody from foreign countries. And he spends three years camping with these guys, investing in them, and asking us to do the same. 
as Kelly gave the example earlier, to just invest in a few. Not so many that you don't know their names. Not even so many that you don't know their stories. They know you. You know them. And you impart, as Jesus did, not just faithfulness, but fruitfulness. This is where everything changes. This is why my invitation, our invitation, is not to come to see. It's to bring people with you to see. Because it's an iconic moment which you can walk towards, experience, and walk from. That's the game changer between the retreat. You have a retreat high, and by Wednesday of the following week, everything's back to normal. No, 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 no. This is a life-changing proposition. What we learn, what we experience here, what motivates us, what inspires us, is meant for us to turn and walk differently. Like Kelly said, I'm going to go invite 10 women that were placed on our hearts. Eight of them are going to say yes, just like that. Another one's going to sit, think and pray about it and say, I'm in too. That's a pretty good percentage. And that's pretty much what we experience. And to invite your friends. No pressure. See, when you, when you turn to Jim and Sally across the street and say, hey, there's this great new Italian restaurant and we want to tell you all about it. And if you don't go, you're going to go to hell. <laughs> that's not what we're saying. That's not what we're, we're just saying, you should try it. No pressure. If you're not in a place in your life where you want to go, that's fine. That's between you and God. My job was to make the invitation. And for us to be thinking right now prayerfully, who, not a lot, not 50, what three or five or 12 people could I invite who we could journey towards this, even if it's only for a night, and then we could walk from it for the rest of our lives? I'll close with this, a, a fun two experiences. So a few years ago, we entered into a friendship. We were actually were able to host the largest pre-screening at a focus conference, the largest pre-screening of The Passion of the Christ many years ago when it came out. And Jim Caviezel was there. He came in uh, with the movie the first night, and it was crazy. It wasn't quite fully edited yet. We had only, at the time, we had about 2,000. It's your first conference, right? Steve's first conference. And we're there, and we don't know. We've never seen it. And we heard it was going to be pretty good. And it, it was not completely edited. It, it went off. And there were 2,000 young people who did not make a sound for three, four minutes. I just sat there going, oh. And the next night, Jim got up and shared the story of what it was like to play Jesus. It was very fun. And over the last few years, we've developed a friendship with him. A couple years ago, we went, Jim said, can I come to the conference? I've got this new movie uh, about, is it St. Luke? Yeah, it's about St. Luke. I want to have this new movie about St. Luke, and I want to tell everybody about it. We said, sure. Um, but we didn't tell anybody else he was coming. So all of a sudden, Jim walks out on stage, and by this time, we got, what, 12,000? And, and, and people are like, who is that? Oh, my goodness, I think that's Jim Caviezel. And then with all of them, they stood up. Oh, it's Jim Caviezel. That's amazing. And, and Jim, Jim gave a brief talk and talked about his movie, showed a clip, and, and he left the next night. 10,000, 12,000 people, and, and the priests bring out the Blessed Sacrament. And those same 10, 12,000 people, they didn't stand up and clap. They fell to their knees. Because they could tell the difference. The first guy looks like Jesus, but it isn't. The second guy doesn't look like Jesus, but he is. And it, there's something amazing about being Catholic. And it's my hope and my promise to you. Money back guarantee. If you go and you don't like it, let me know. I'll, write, I'll refund your money. Because it's not about the money, it's about the experience. But you have to come. Even if it's just for a night. 
but please come as long as you want. But you really, really, in order to be an agent of renewal in your parishes, to be an agent of renewal, it's not just that you would come and have your life renewed. It's that you would allow yourself to be an agent in God's hands of renewal for others. When you do that, it's like you're spiritually breathing. God gives you, and you inhale, and you share, and you exhale. Because here's the crazy thing about breathing. I want everybody in the room to breathe all you want, but only in for the next 10 minutes. Y'all be dead. You actually have to do both. And Catholics, we need to inhale through the sacraments and prayer and great experiences, inspiration, and then we need to exhale so that we'll be ready to inhale again. That's the hope for Seek. That's the message of making missionary disciples. I'm very, very grateful for the opportunity to be with you. I hope to see you and a whole bunch of your friends, not too many, 5, 10, 12, with you in January. Thanks so much. All right, that was Curtis Martin, the founder of Focus. They're bringing their big conference, Seek 2024, here in St. Louis, January 1st through 5th. Go to archstl.org slash seek for more information. Really hope you can come down there. We really hope you can bring someone with you to meet Jesus face-to-face at Seek. That's all we have for this week. Don't forget to like and subscribe and go and make disciples. Make disciples.